Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephile's Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 76. And on this week's show, we are going to be counting down our personal top 10 lists of the decade, the 2010s have come to an end we're going to assess the decade as a whole and throw out some picks but before we get to that let me introduce my co-hosts as always welcome back to the show travis hello hello and tom hello excited to be here yeah it is uh oscars night mm-hmm. we're recording in the afternoon oh, so yeah, we gave our predictions but electricity in the air oh yeah we're amped i'm bringing a spawn ranch dip <laughs> to, uh, to, the, to the show uh should be a good time uh last weekend we celebrated a birthday boy sitting to my right that's right Tomothy. yeah we went bowling we sure did that was my first time at that bowling alley what'd you think uh we ran into some technical difficulties yeah <laughs> with that's the facilities it, that's how it goes that's um part of the charm right it's also baked into the the rate i think the bowling rate it's a pretty affordable one yes i was surprised when uh sarah reached out saying how much uh everyone's share was i was like oh all right that's yeah also uh you know if you just go up to the front counter and like nah that was a bummer you know they'll give you some free games so we got some free <laughs> games from uh from that night and i've gotten like eight free games before just because sometimes it's just like, seriously, dude, we were just sitting here for like 20 minutes. What is this? <laughs> there's, there's always something new, too. You know, like, I don't know how many different ways it's possible for a bowling lane to break. It turns out that there are a number of them. And they all happened that night. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> night was something special. Yeah, that was a little out of the ordinary, but something going wrong is par for the course for sure i've never been to a bowling alley where you can like bank off the gutter and it'll bounce back into play and take out pins oh, like multiple times bold yeah. enough man i was just like gutter ball that just bounced out and then took out the rest of the pin that's just because like, you violently gutter ball nobody else i don't think was experiencing this violently <laughs> <gutter> <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> more for that bank shot mm-hmm. uh but yeah it was a good time yeah it was really fun mm-hmm. yeah. uh what else has been going on you jabronis are balls deep oh, in man. Apex. Like it's day one. Yeah. Oh, yeah? That's pretty much that's pretty much it. Disgusting amount of Apex. What's what's so special about it? It's just back. Season four. <laughs> ma- the map changes have fixed everything wrong with season three. So is it back to Kings? No. They just updated the World's Edge. So what what kind of changes made it better? Uh it just feels like it flows a little bit better. And the new additions are upgrades, improvements on the the previous setup. But the new legend is awesome. Just got into him last night. Beforehand, I was writing him off. But as of last night, he's the one. Tom was describing, we played Call of Duty for maybe like 20, 30 minutes this morning. And he was uh, telling me about his his ults and his abilities. Seems pretty useful. Yeah, he's yeah. totally not my style, but uh, this guy over here made made some pretty good work with him. So, also, I love the, in the lead up to this season, they were like, you guys know that champion? He was like the big buff dude. Yeah, they were like playing up to be the new, the new. Um, Spoilers for Apex Legends. He, he, just, he dies, right? <laughs> Don't they kill him in a cinematic or something like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Pretty slick. Pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, just been uh, just been 
playing Call of Duty mostly, you know? Yeah, video games are taking over. No, I'm just... uh, No wild punk shows? Nah, I haven't been to a show in a while. We're going Mm. to a show Wednesday. We're seeing Pine Grove. Mm. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Oh, I thought that they were, like, ostracized for their... uh... Do they have a new lead singer? No. Oh, okay. They're just back. Yep. Better than ever? Uh, No, they're kind of boring. Mm. Why are you going to see them, then? Because they're old, sh- they're old shit. Some of the best. Oh, okay. Best I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a complicated situation. He. Uh, oh, let's hear it. <laughs> the lead singer was accused of uh, sexual coercion, basically. Mm. And what was interesting about this is that of his fans, he had a relationship. Well, actually, it was with someone in their crew. Like somebody was touring with them. Oh, really? Oh, okay. And what was interesting about this particular incident is that. It wasn't like the victim came out, like went public, and then it was in response. Nobody knew anything about it, and he like posted a thing to their Facebook, basically describing the situation. And they took a whole year off per the request of the uh, of the accuser. Uh, and people haven't been as quick to warm up to them being back in the limelight. Even though I feel like you couldn't have really handled the situation any better, but I think people are like. Once you come under fire for that kind of thing, you're always going to have that cast over you. Right. Which is fair, but... So how um, do you feel about this guy? I think he was very candid uh, in his uh, position in the whole situation. Basically, when his, his, his like first official statement, he said he like abused his like power dynamics because he's in a band and he was like didn't read signals and he recognizes that he he messed up and he's gonna take steps to be a better person like i don't really know what else you can do in that situation other than apologize and recognize take ownership of it they took a whole year off per the the person's request so it's like they're back and uh their new record's kind of boring so Mm. i don't know all right (laughs) they didn't mind that that emotional turbulence for just to find those nuggets of gold, huh? Not, not really. So you no. haven't written off this band, but you did write off Azalea Dine. Well, he straight up tried to ha- have his wife murdered, so. Well, didn't actually happen, though. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just don't like that band, so. Oh, come on. You used to rock out to them back in the day. Yeah, when right? I was 15 years old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not so much anymore. <clears throat> a similar thing happened to a, a EDM artist, DJ. What, try to mur- try to hire a hitman? Or? No, where he like took advantage of his position, and then basically everyone wrote him off. And he's tried to make a comeback, and he did like an apology video, but the apology video was like so lame, and he didn't even address what he did or like apologize or anything. He kind of just like, "Hey, I'm back. I hope you guys give me a chance now." And like it was really lame. But there's always going to be the people who will support someone no matter what, and then people who would just write them off forever and like michael jackson <laughs> yes i still feel like his support has not uh like when that when that documentary first came out there were like a couple radio stations that were like we're not going to play his music anymore as soon as people stopped talking about the documentary people stopped talking about it and now it's like you go to a department store they're playing thriller you go in your car on the radio and they're playing fucking beat it and it's like yeah how many people need to come out and say that he stared at their buttholes <laughs> before we're going to come out and write this guy off as just being what he is, which was a fucking creep and a pedophile? 
Well, and yeah, he made good music, but we still have Prince, you guys, okay? And he's always been better than MJ. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think MJ's ever going to die. No. He will live on forever. Yeah. I mean, they just put Thriller back in the theaters like a year or two ago. <laughs> I just don't, like, what would it take? Like, would someone need to come out and say, Michael Jackson raped and murdered my whole family and the government covered like what how how big do the stakes need to get before people are like okay maybe we shouldn't uh idolize this this guy anymore because apparently molesting i don't know because dozens of small boys over the years is just not you know for a lot of people it like for me you know the whole question of separating the art from the artist is always a case-by-case thing yeah and i don't have like a rubric where it's consistent you know like oh this type of offense bothers me or it, this amount of time it's is messy okay. though there's no writer well there's there could be a wrong way i guess but <laughs> my point is i don't think you're ever going to get like a universal opinion across like it because some people will just take the philosophical perspective that oh yeah i don't worship the person but his music i'm still going to play 24 7 well and it's also especially hard because with technology these days, like it's so easy to have an opinion on everything that even it doesn't really matter what the person did or like the degree of their offense. Like there's always going to be people who are vocally for like supporting them and against them. So it's like just because everybody has a platform now, you're all, you're always going to see it from every direction unless it's like Harvey Weinstein or something. But I feel like that guy probably still has <laughs> some supporters even after everything was going on. Um, okay. Anything else you guys want to want to mention before uh, we're going to, I should say we're going to switch around the format for this week's show. We're going to talk about what we've been watching at the top of the show, get that out of the way. And then we'll move into our list in the, um, you know, roughly 30 minutes or however long it takes. What? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Haley was mouthing at me, and I can't read lips. So, <laughs> um, so anything else, you guys? Any anecdotes? Any uh, happenings before mm. we uh, start talking about what we've been watching since we last recorded? Nothing for me. Nope. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, what we've been watching over the past couple weeks. Um, Travis, you want to do this first? Me and you both saw. Oh sure. Gretel and Hansel. Mm-hmm. This is a. Uh, a retelling of the uh, grim fairy tale, Hansel and Gretel, and this is a uh, this is the dark, the dark and moody adaptation of the story, and uh, that's traditionally like a short story, right? Yeah, it's not. A, I mean, it's not a very long story. These two kids meet a witch, they get enticed into eating treats, and then she ends up cooking the boy into a yum, pie. Yum, or yum, 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 yum. <laughs> yeah. That's basically the plot. Spoilers for the movie. I. No, <laughs> guess. <laughs> so for the fairy tale, uh, we don't know how the movie interpreted. True, and there is a a play on it, I guess. Well, at least with the title. <laughs> yeah, genius. Just flip yeah. the names oh, around. Yeah. Oh man, I was on, I was on board. Um, yeah, so this movie, I've heard a lot of really mixed things about. Some people think it's fucking hot dog garbage. I did think that one uh, reviewer just. Uh, short take on it was uh pretty spot on the one that i texted you about yeah the witch by the way of jodorowsky, jodorowsky. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's not it's not quite 
as bizarre as the films that Jodorowsky made, but there's a lot of just strange imagery. I mean, this movie is all the style over substance. were definitely re- reminiscent of, like, Holy Mountain, mm-hmm. with, like, the... Just the look of like the the witches with the hats and like and the, the triangles. And the, and... Yeah, I think I will watch this movie when it is available on Prime. It's very short. Um, I'll, I'll say I liked it quite a bit actually. Um, it's not without its issues. Uh, the actor who plays Hansel, the little boy, is horrible. Yeah, like, he, he wasn't is great. He's bad. Like <laughs> anytime he was speaking, I was like, God, oh, just which just eat him and get him out of here so we can get back to the good stuff. Um Sophie Lillard. Sophie The girl from uh from it, it mm. and Sharp Objects. Oh right. She plays Gretel. And she was she was pretty good. I mean most yeah. of the movie is basically them just wandering through the woods and hanging out with the witch. And just bizarre imagery and like crazy dream sequences. I mean, it's all pretty yeah. standard, like witch tale stuff, right? But I thought it was impeccably crafted. Like uh, the aspect ratio was it four or three? No, I don't think so. It was like a mix in between like four three and whatever the it was boxy. Screen, sixteen nine. What is <laughs> <laughs> the very beginning of the movie is like wide screen i don't know what the ratio is but it's like flatter and longer than a normal aspect ratio mm-hmm. and then once the movie actually starts it's like a box i don't know if it's quite four or three but it, it's not your standard one point it's like one in, be- by one in between full screen and widescreen yeah okay a little bit taller frame but not as or a little bit wider than like is that to catch the tall trees in their majesty I think part of it was for like the the woodsy imagery. Hmm. It's a very it's a very dark and slow movie. I mean, it's only eighty seven minutes long, and it's based on a grim fairy tale, right? So there's like things that are in there to pad the length. So even though it's a really short movie, like I'm not gonna say it felt long, but it felt longer than eighty two minutes or whatever when you take out the credits, right? Um, but some really just striking images like there is a scene where one of the kids goes out at night and it's just like red like there's a bright red light on the other side of the tree so the whole forest is just cast with this like blood red light oh yeah matt fell for it in this movie but not mandy Mm. no what a joke Mandy's trying too hard (laughs) whatever compared to this thing it's yeah i mean it definitely has its faults i didn't love the last 10 minutes uh it's just kind of strange and there's no really explanation for a lot of things not that i think there needs to be but like there's a scene without spoiling it there's a scene in the first 10 15 minutes where there's just like basically a zombie and it's not explained it's like some sort of creature out of nowhere and then it gets killed and then no one talks about it uh, it's just a little easter egg for the the Grimm's fairy tale fans, I guess. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a reference. It's probably, oh, that's know. the the bungalow, <laughs> <laughs> the fabled bungalow. <laughs> um, so that was just things like that, like padding the length. Uh, it's very much an exercise in style over substance. But oh yeah, I love the score. I love the way it looked, and I like I like the folklore kind of mood of the whole thing. The score was cool, but I don't know if it really fit the movie. 
airy background noises. Morrissey is saying there weren't enough black cats. In it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just feel like there there wasn't really much there beyond the visuals. Like I thought it was cool looking, but like there wasn't much story, and even the story that was there was like not that interesting or kind of even like hard to follow at times a little bit i was interested by it i mean there were enough little kernels of like interesting tidbits like the the witch with the black fingers and uh just some of the weird kind of off comments she would make to the kids and some scenarios that come up where uh gretel has to make some like tough choices about what she's gonna do and like weird powers and stuff it's an interesting movie but um it is pretty graphic though considering it's pg-13 yeah, I was surprised to find out. I don't think I knew it was PG-13. And yeah, I mean, there's some, uh, not so much. I mean, I wouldn't call it like gory or violent, but there's some grotesque mm. imagery. For sure. Yeah. Disturbing images. Oh, yeah. This is not something that you would want to bring your, your kids to Mm-mm. at all. It's it's a. So who were, is this movie but for? But this would be a good movie for like, say, like, you know, someone who is like 13 or so. Or like a naughty kid. Not quite ready for the the real like a deal really bad nine year old kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like hey, this is what happens. <laughs> this is a movie you see Steven. when you're like eight or nine years old, and then you bragged all your friends that you saw. It. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it is interesting that you say who was this movie for? Because I I kind of feel like it's really only for like cinephiles. Like that sounds pretentious to say, but it's not entertaining. Like if you can't appreciate the aesthetic of it and the craft that goes into it from a story level. It's I mean, there are a lot fair. of people who are into like just the whole, anything that is, you know, like Witchy werewolves, or... witches, monsters for the whorehounds. Yeah. Witcher fans. They probably went and saw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were a couple moments where I was like kind of creeped out. There's no jump scares or anything. Like it's not going for that kind of, it's more about mood mm-hmm. and atmosphere. The score was pretty good. I thought kind of synthy. Which yeah. is interesting for a movie like this, you know. Um, don't have much more to say. It's a good about screensaver, it, though. though. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. <coughs> good to know. I thought it was okay. Definitely wouldn't rush out to see it or watch it, but Mm-mm. worth a watch, though. I gave it a four. I like. I mean, I liked it quite a bit. I gave it three. Yeah. Okay. So good stuff. What'd you give Ghost in the Shell? Five on a rewatch. Movie Jesus. rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay it's definitely not a five-star movie but because i could see this like maybe being like that for me i really like watching it there's not much there beyond the visuals i ghost in the shell i think is a much more like entertaining movie mm, okay. yeah tom's the witch guy though you love witch stuff i tom. love witch stuff yeah it's a good one of those mm, okay i think so anyway this one probably has a better visual style i like the visual style in Ghost in the Shell, but it's definitely like borrowing from a lot of things, influences, mm-hmm. but way bigger budget behind it too. Yeah. But I mean this movie looks really good. I don't know what the budget was, but it didn't look cheap by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well. That's all I have to say. I'm intrigued. Uh I will also say I saw The Gentleman, which is not a movie I wanted to see. Mm. Paris wanted to see it, and she made me go. Mm-hmm. And uh, just as I expected, it was uh, it was garbage. It was horrible. Really, it's super racist. Like it feels like a movie that took a time machine from like 2002 
to now. Mm. It's like Guy Ritchie thinks he can get away with like being racist toward Asians and being super misogynistic. Like there's a scene where there's like an implied rape that's about to happen for no reason. There's literally no reason for it to be there. But there's a guy who like pins a woman down and like spreads her legs and then somebody comes to her rescue. But it's like, really? Do you really need to put one of the only women in this film in a situation where she's about to be raped? Like it just feels like a bro making a movie for other bros and he's just like done with pc culture and he's like i'm gonna have hyper violence i'm gonna have all my characters call them call each other cunts we're gonna use a bunch of racist slurs it's gonna be great Hmm. but even like removing all of that nothing (laughs) happens in this fucking movie like the movie is about matthew mcconaughey basically having like a weed empire and people want a piece of it and that's it. That's the whole movie. Hmm. It's not interesting. The action's not interesting. The dialogue is annoying. Colin Farrell is in it, and he's good. He has a pretty small part. His character is cool. But the rest of it is just so dated and so boring and tedious. And Guy Ritchie's a half. Do you know if this him. was just like a script that was laying around for years? or I don't know the story behind it. Hmm. I doubt he was just like, going. let me go, in, let me go through my drawer <laughs> and see what I got here. Oh, the gentleman. Yeah, this might be good. <laughs> A little bit of a palate cleanser after Aladdin. <laughs> um, it was trash. Paris also hated it. I think she gave it half a star. Wow. If this came out in the 90s, do you think it would be a better movie? <laughs> it would be less offensive, but it's just, yeah. it feels like him trying to go back to his. Well, because uh, he's been doing like franchise stuff for like the last, what, decade or so? I think the last non franchise thing he did was Man from Uncle. Oh, I mean, right. The, but, he, but even that's based off of a property. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, even King Arthur, the intention was for it to be a franchise. Oh, right. He and did then that it, too. It I failed. totally forgot about it. King Arthur, Aladdin. He did the Sherlock movies, right? Yeah, the Sherlock movies. Or at Man least from the Uncle. first one. I think he did I think both he of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, he sucks. He's a boring-ass jobber. Matthew McConaughey is just phoning it in the whole time. Do not go see this fucking movie. I am kind of baffled by the reviews it's been getting because it has like... 75% on Rotten Tomatoes or something? Mm. Like, I don't yeah, know. I've heard from like many sources that it's like fun and entertaining, but it is also offensive and problematic. So it's like a give and take. Yeah, thing, it's like I a guess. mixed bag, right? <laughs> I don't just, I just don't understand why people think it's entertaining. Like, I was like, the whole runtime, I was just like, please, God, let this be over soon. Like, I was not interested by anything. Yeah, but it's got on. lowbrow humor and it's got familiar faces. I'm just not, uh, <laughs> I'm not the target audience on this one, I guess. So, uh, do not recommend trash movie. Mm. Wasn't planning on seeing it, especially after your guys' star ratings. Star, <laughs> scores, yeah. <laughs> so that reminds me of a Matthew McConaughey movie that I watched half of mm. on the plane called um the beach bum mm. why i was curious you know <laughs> like i'm surprised you watched it like considering just how much matt hates it and has so have i seen any of his other it. movies spring breakers i watched like 10 minutes of spring breakers trash humpers no <laughs> God. um kids he didn't direct kids mm-hmm. but no. Okay, so this is the farthest into it, Harmony Corinne I've ever gotten. Um, yeah, if you didn't see Spring Breakers, I don't then. <laughs> like. I wasn't like hating it, but I did not understand why it existed or like why I should care. It just seemed really pointless. 
Um, Matthew McConaughey was just sort of like ridiculous as Moondog. Obviously, that's the mm-hmm. point. But I, it was, I don't know. There were times where it was kind of fun, but then there were times where it was just so silly that, uh, so like I, I, uh, I think my flight ended right at the part where he enlists all the homeless people for a field trip. And he's like marching to his old, his um, wife's mansion, you know, and they're all following him. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? And then my flight ended, and that was like, that, that did not make me want to turn it back on and finish it on my flight home. So I didn't. But uh, yeah, weird experience. I wish I had your courage to just stop. <laughs> yeah, you should have just walked out of the theater. The <laughs> uh, why do people love that stuff? I don't get it. I don't know. Like, what is there to be super into? Some people think it's like legitimately hilarious. Yeah. Like some people really think the beach bum is funny. Oh. Uh, and I don't understand. <laughs> I thought it was like kind of amusing at times. I think but... James Franco in Spring Breakers is really funny. Hmm. But that's the only thing of his that I really find actually funny. I'm I, Corinne is very hit or miss for me. I like half of his stuff. Haven't seen a couple of his things, and then the other half, just not for me. Hmm. A little too weird. Oh well, it's not a full review, but uh, weird experience, kind of pointless. Any other uh, plane watches while you're on the topic? Mm, I think I've just been catching up on uh, all the Marvel stuff because the, Alaska has a bunch of their movies. Mm-hmm. You ever going to give Civil War another chance? Dude, I watched that a long oh, time ago. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen, um, I've seen everything now except for the th- first two Thors. It's been a really long time since I've seen Iron Man 3. And the Ant-Mans, and there's probably, I don't know, maybe there's a couple others that I don't know. The Ant-Mans are some of the best But like all the core, what? (laughs) all the core stuff I get now. Ultron, I know you guys don't like Ultron. I actually enjoyed Ultron. I think mainly because uh, there is so much information in Age of Ultron that I just have not had until this point. So I was like, oh, okay, that's why, you know, Bruce Banner and uh, Black Widow are kind of like, they have this weird thing. And, oh, that's where Vision comes from. And, oh, that's where the Red Witch comes from. By the way, her accent, horrible in Ultron. And then they just, like, I think they just get rid of it for for uh, I don't the movies recall. that follow. The movies after, yeah. Yeah, just, like, no explanation. She has a little bit of an accent still, but... She has almost no character. I don't understand how she's so central to this to this uh, plot. She is probably like of the core. I mean, she's not a core Avenger, but I think she's the one. This is Elizabeth Olsen. Right? Yeah, with like the least screen time, the least background information. Like she's the yeah. most yeah. like nothing And character. Vision too has like very little information about him, but then they have this huge moment. He at least plays a important role, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they have this huge moment together. And I'm just like, wow, okay. I mean, it's like a 20 minute ramp up to this. <laughs> this whole situation do you see the new mutants is finally coming out in Um, april the new mutants yeah it's that like x-men horror movie that was supposed to come out like two years ago was it shelved like completed and shelved or just delayed like they delayed it and then they shelved it and then when disney bought fox i think it was they were kind of unsure like i think that's why the movie got pushed so far was because disney was going to be purchasing because that movie was first announced, 
prior to the buyout. So I think they've just been sitting on it. But it looks kind of neat. It's like a dark... None of the like X-Men that you would know, but it's like mm-hmm. mutants who are basically committed to... Uh, uh, it, 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 I get like Cure for Wellness vibes, kind of. I didn't see that movie, but it's like kind of psychological horror, but with, with mutants. Mm-hmm. Finally coming out in April. So I thought, I saw a trailer for it. directed it? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, no. Mm. I could look some it up dropper. real quick. Yeah, Snyder. some jabroni. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Finally coming out. <laughs> <clears throat> so how, I know as a character, we're all in agreement that she's not the best, but how are you guys feeling about Black Widow? I think it looks cool. I don't think it looks that interesting, but it's got Florence Pugh and it's got Rachel Vice. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll watch what else do you need? Them alone, <laughs> I'm pretty excited just to kind of see what this movie is doing, mm-hmm. you know. But the action sequences look pretty, pretty standard compared to all the other stuff. And I just don't care about Black Widow as a character. The guy from Stranger Things, what's his name? David Harbor. Yeah, he he could. He's the dad. Not he's the dad that. of the. He could not be in that movie, and I'd be okay with it. I don't know. I like that guy. Eh, I don't know. In the trailer, he doesn't really sell me on his character. <laughs> it is very uh, funny watching both the Avengers and, and Age of Ultron when Black Widow and um, Hawk. Wait, is that his name? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. They have. Uh, I rewatched The Revenant, so got Hawk on the mind. Ooh. <laughs> uh, those two have by far their most screen time, I think, in those movies, but it's funny to watch them just like instantly outclassed by every other person <laughs> on the roster <laughs> like i they have to give them weird little jobs and side side plots to deal with because otherwise they just look completely out of place fighting armies of of iron men and stuff so i have information on the new mutants mm. directed by the guy who did the fault in our stars Josh Boone. Weird. And his first movie was Stuck in Love. Oh, J-Bo. That's the one that Haley loves. Mm. He went from two, like, rom-drums. Wait, is that the movie that you were like, you've seen that? And I was like, oh, I have? You logged it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you thinking of Stuck on You? No. I have not Bad movie seen kills. that. <laughs> you haven't seen Stuck on You? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fairly Brother classic. Um, all right. So that, that was mostly just Marvel stuff on planes. Yeah. Nice. For the All most right. part. Travis, what about you? Um, I haven't been watching a t- ton of stuff. Um, rewatched Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, you texted us. Still feel the same way pretty much as the first time I saw it. Top tier. Really? No. I just think it's kind of boring. It's like mm. right there uh it's like right there with Gretel and Hansel. Beautiful to look at, but it is a beautiful movie. Not much there, kinda of boring and uh a little hard to follow. I'm in, like it's interesting that you say that because I've only seen it once, but from what I remember, it's like the most quickly paced of his movies. It just goes from like quirky set piece to quirky set piece. It's really funny. Like I remember not it's being funny. bored at all Ooh, by that movie. Yeah, when, I really like. I it. was gonna say not funny, like <laughs> at all. Didn't laugh once. I love um, Ralph Fiennes' character. He's so excellent in that movie. Isn't it Rafe? Rafe. Isn't that how you pronounce it? Rafe Fines. It's spelled Ralph, but yeah, whatever. I think so. Rafe Fines. Rafe. Yeah, I think you're right. Rafe Fines. Anyway, he's uh, he's great. But yeah, I think this is uh, one of the most overrated movies of the decade. Whoa, Jesus! I mean, I think Wes Anderson is kind of overrated, but I do love some of his movies, but not all of them. What's your favorite? 
Oh, Probably it's Rushmore, Rushmore, isn't it? I haven't seen that or Bottle Rocket. You haven't seen Rushmore? No. I'll you borrow it if you want. I got the Criterion. Yeah, I'd do that. Sarah loves him. I like so Moonrise Kingdom that. a lot. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic is great. Mr. Fox, I think, is is the, my favorite. Interesting. I'm a, I'm a Tenenbaums boy myself. I need to watch that one again. Ah, oh, so good. Um, what about the one you saw this morning? Oh yeah, Birds of Prey. We were gonna review it, but Matt, next time you plan on not seeing the featured movie, let me know so I can bail out. As <laughs> I well. see because it was I I totally could have because I thought the reason why I didn't is because you said originally you were seeing it Saturday afternoon, mm. so I was like, ah, eh, he's probably already seen it, so I didn't text you. I see. But if I had known that you were going to postpone... I was going to text you this morning saying, did you see Bop? And then I did just thought... No, he saw it. He didn't say anything. He saw it. So I got up early, scurried to the theater, got there right... Scampered? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Both word. He yeah. corrected him on a word that was already no, right. I'm, I'm not correcting him. <laughs> the re- <laughs> Long story. Doesn't make sense. I heard uh, a sportscaster on friday night during the blazer game used the word scampered i thought it was funny it's okay so, it's a know. good word yeah great word yeah next time i'll use that one scurried is great too <laughs> anyways walked into the theater and it was i was like so late that it said yes the projector is still on you know the dolby, oh, the dolby thing okay and right after that the movie starts perfect timing so didn't waste any time there mm. had to get gas had to check my oil and stuff so had to get some milk duds. Yeah. So the whole point of this, Matt, is that I didn't really have time to see this movie, but I made time for it. Well, I had time. I've just been playing a lot of Apex. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Birds of Prey. Uh, liked it quite a bit. Pretty entertaining. Uh, I love the mix of visuals and sound. A lot of good like choreography and like set pieces with... Um, just like fight scenes set to music, like popular music. Um, Did you know John Wick guy choreographed the oh, fight scenes in, in Birds of Prey? And I also saw Matthew Labatique was the DP, cinematographer. He, he did uh, Stars Born and a few other ones. Barf. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's also done... Maybe the Mission Impossible movies. Some of that them. name rings a bell. He's a big, he's a big, big time timer. DP. Oh yeah, what's DP? Double penetration. <laughs> Director of <laughs> photography, mm. aka cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the story itself wasn't great. Like the the plot that the movie gets caught up in um, is pretty me surprised. Pretty generic, and it did feel like the the wrap-up or the ending of it kind of dragged on. Like It was like, okay, let's get to where we're going. Um, I also thought it was going to be more of like a... more about the birds of prey. like Because the trailer kind of sells it as like this group of women are like, you know, kicking ass, which they eventually do, but it takes a long time to actually get there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I liked it, liked it quite a bit. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead... I think she's got to go. <laughs> really? I like her. I, I like her, but I just don't think she has like very much charisma. And like anytime I see her in a movie now, it's just like, oh, yeah, her. But then like she never really does anything to like excite me in the like movies or roles she's in. She was good in 10 Cloverfield Lane. 
Yeah, I liked her a lot in that. But like, she was in Gemini Man, and she was uh, kind of a throwaway in that. Her character in this is kind of dumb. They try and like um, use her as like, you know, like comedic relief. But the humor that's like tied to her character is kind of dumb. Didn't work for you? No. Um, and they keep going back to it, like the same joke, and it just kind of got old. But um, yeah, I liked it a lot. It bums me out. So I do, I do eventually want to see this. I think, but it bums me out that the narrative around this movie is that, by and large, people think it's like the best DC Universe film so far, and it had the worst box office opening of all of them so far. Now, Better how, than how are you, uh, like Wonder Woman, quantifying that best film Twitter. Okay, and it's got a pretty good score on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, the but, only like people one... loved Wonder Woman, and Aquaman does have its fans. It's, yes, and I think it's positive on Rotten Tomatoes. Aquaman, yeah, yeah, it's like seventy percent, or I mean, it is, it is positive. Aquaman is the best one. I still need to watch it. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I I should watch it. This we're talking the new DC universe, like post. Well, post Nolan. Nolan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starting with Man of Steel. Yeah. You know your Suicide Squads, your Justice Leagues, um, but people just aren't going out to see it. I mean, I made a comment to Travis earlier. The the narrative that the uh, the nerd virgins are trying to spin is mm-hmm. that the Birds of Prey aren't fuckable enough, so nobody oh. nobody wants to go see them because. Like, how are they supposed to jerk off if they're wearing clothes? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I can, I understand that. But that's, <laughs> that's such dumb criticism. It's fucking stupid. Uh, I don't know why people aren't seeing this movie. The only thing I could maybe think. Dude, I can tell why you why. Is the trailer. The trailer's bad. The trailer's bad. But you know what else? Let's hear it. It's like, what, February 9th? And the Oscars are tonight, and right. everybody is cramming. If if you're going to the movies, if you're like a movie person, you're probably going to see the Oscars that Oscar nominees that you didn't already catch. So just bad timing, terrible timing. I would agree with that. Too. I think it's that and the trailer. I think the whole narrative online is ridiculous. Also, but I'm, I'm sure it exists. Suicide like- Squad <laughs> sucked, so that doesn't help. Right. I think it's there's a lot of factors but to play. That did make a ton of money. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody, you know, they gave it their one shot and then it's because it had the joke in and that character brings in the cheddar. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I do think that's part of it. No joker in this. I think people like Harley Quinn a lot, but none of the other characters are like named. People there's who no shop at Hot Topic. Right. <laughs> yes. And And who went to see Hansel and Gretel? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really it also doesn't really have star power like you've got margot robbie in there but i mean yeah. at least suicide squad had will smith as deathstroke come on rosie perez <laughs> she her box office numbers are through the roof i mean rosie perez <laughs> people really come out to see her um yeah i don't i don't know what it is maybe yeah maybe it's just People aren't interested because of the bad trailer, or I do think there's a contingent that don't want to see it because it's about women. You know what I mean? Like the core shitty comic book fan base, the t- like the toxic negativity. But I don't think those people could really come out in numbers and like have any that, sort of substantial like boycott to really affect its opening. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I guess my brain just doesn't work that way. But like, 
this movie is just like more entertaining, has better action than like probably at least half of the DC movies. So like if you're a fan of this type of movie, like this would be the one to go see compared to, you know, at least half or a portion of the other ones. Right. Hmm. Cool. I don't know. Fuck the nerd virgins. Right, Matt? <laughs> Fuck them in their butts. They wouldn't like that. though. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be virgins anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta keep maintain status quo. Main pure. Um, I told you guys to watch Cheer. I'm assuming neither of you did. Uh, I think Sarah and I will watch it. I'm intrigued. It's really fucking good. I have one episode left. I don't know if I would go as far as saying it's better than Last Chance U. It's different enough, but it's very similar in format. I mean, it's about a small town texas you know college that has this like nation nationally renowned cheer program so it's similar to like the narrative of east mississippi community college like just a, the football program is what everyone talks about and the personalities on the team are so interesting they do the thing where they like go back with the kids to like go to their hometown and profile them and they tell their stories and it's just like some of them come from a really tough background and it's like i also i know everything about cheer now like I was telling Haley, these when, are older kids, though, right? It's college, so we're not dealing with like crazy parents. <laughs> no, kind of. Oh, okay, <laughs> one one in particular. There's one cheerleader who is like has been famous for cheer since she was like a little kid because she had like a YouTube channel. Mm. She went to Navarro because of the cheer program, but she's like kind of kind of famous, I guess, on social media and stuff. Yeah. But I was I smoked a cigarette with Haley when she got back from work on Friday and I was like, oh my God. So they were going full on for the first time and they were throwing their baskets and they dropped sherbs. And she like I was just like using all this cheer speak and she was like, what the fuck are you saying right now? I was like, oh I'm sorry, sorry. Because you know there's like there there's stumblers, there's flyers, there's tumblers there's top girls there's just all the cheer stuff is like i'm super into now mm. i'm not gonna like follow cheer outside of the show but it's like it's really well done it looks awesome i have one episode left yeah mainly curious because it's done by the last chance you people i watched the trailer it looks excellent it's basically the same thing i mean the only difference is that i have an inherent interest in football yeah. and i don't in cheer but honestly, like some of the stuff they do is like pretty mind blowing and they get hurt all the fucking time. Like it's funny in Last Chance U, there was like the, that one player who like kept getting hurt and he kept sitting out and everyone was talking shit about him. In this, I just watched an episode where a girl like fucked up her like dislocated a rib and her coaches told her to just practice and then go to the emergency room after. And she went there and she was like, you need to stop what you're doing because... If you land wrong, all of your ribs could all of your ribs could break and puncture an organ. And she was just like, "Well, I just, I mean, I can't stop. So I, you gotta do what you gotta do." And I was like, "Are you fucking crazy? Like, <laughs> they are badasses." So are you saying that football players are pussies? Are pussies and cheerleaders are yeah? That's that exactly sounds like saying. what you were trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm not trying to discredit either group, but football is a contact sport. Yes, it is. But you'll you'll know what I mean when you watch it. Like D both can be badasses is what I'm trying to say. I would say you probably <laughs> have Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but like you see some of the stuff they do and it's like if someone doesn't do their part and it goes wrong, like you can break your neck and die very easily if someone's not where they need to be and someone gets dropped on their head, like <laughs> 
It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like wrestling. Yeah, just like wrestling. <laughs> it's good, though. It's really good. Um, and then I finished BoJack. Oh, dude. Did you Have cry? Have you finished it yet? No, I, yes, I'm, I I'm waiting for Sarah to catch up. So we're on episode maybe three of season six. I've seen through the first half. Yeah. Did you uh, cry because it's over or just all the reasons? Um, I don't even <laughs> want to know, actually. I'm not going to get into specifics, but I'll just say... How many tears? <laughs> I could not believe... Like, I was just kind of in awe of the whole thing. Like, the direction they took the last half of the season and how it ultimately ends. I was like, it's so smart and blow... Like, it just takes your expectations and just kind of, like, throws them away. And it's like, every single thing is earned. Every character has an opportunity to, like, have closure to their story. And I was just like, this is the best fucking show ever. Like, it was unbelievable how good it was like bojack horseman is like a top five all-time show for me like it was i could not believe how good i had high expectations and all of them were met i was blown away can't recommend enough i'm loving the rewatch man it's super rewatchable yeah it is i thought it wouldn't be just because of how like downbeat it gets a lot of the time but but you kind of like you've sort of sat through it one time so you can just enjoy all the comedy that surrounds it you know, all the weird little oddities and the callbacks to And just like old vi- weird and... visual gags in the background. Yeah, that yeah. They are easy to miss. And yeah, it's really good. I missed a ton of those the first time through. And now I'm like paying less attention to like the core story and I'm just watching the background. You could pause it every like two minutes and just look at like everything is a joke. Like you pause, there's like a whiteboard in the background of a yeah, scene. Yeah, Sarah really annoys it. me because I'm like, did you see the sign? She's like, yeah, I saw it. Hmm. You know, I'm like, what? How did you see? I'd never seen that before. I've seen this episode like three times now. <laughs> uh, so good shit. Cool. I think that's all I watched. Yeah, do we have anything else? No? Oh, I watched Police Story. We can end with that. Jackie Chan? On the Criterion channel. How was it? Pretty awesome. I'm, I was thinking about did buying buy the two-pack. No, oh, I thought you'd bought it. I was going to, but they didn't have it. Mm. Not the last Criterion sale, but the, the summer one last year. Did you buy Do the Right Thing? No. Mm. You did the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta buy that. Yeah. Got to watch it. All right. Awesome opening with Rosie Perez. We're talking about Police Story. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, police Story. Uh, so I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest Hong Kong action guy, but you know, I've seen a few in, in my time, mm. um, on earth. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some of his older movies, but like rumble in the Bronx and like maybe a couple others around that era, but nothing early, like police story. Um, I thought it was going to just be a pretty generic movie, but, um, there's some pretty awesome stunts in it especially early on. Uh, it also goes in like a, a weird tone, like through the middle where it's like, this movie is a lot more comedic than I thought it was going to be, I guess. Like I thought it was just going to be a straight up action movie, but it's like an action comedy. Um, like rush hour. Yeah. Maybe not as, well, rush hour too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not as comedic as those, but, um, and maybe some of the humor just didn't land for me because of like the cultural differences. Um, but there's just some weird, like goofy scenes that happen in the middle of the movie um, that I just wasn't expecting. And they were um, 
pleasantly surprising, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just got a lot of cool stunts and um, the the plot isn't really that important and it's pretty generic, but it's pretty cool seeing Jackie Chan kick some ass. Um, pretty dangerous stunts too, I would say. Um, yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Oh, I got one. Let's hear it. The Blazers. Been watching the Blazers. <laughs> You How's can't, that been going for you? You can't not watch their games right now, even though they have a losing record, because Damian Lillard has been taking the league by storm. He averaged 50 points over like a seven-game stretch or something. Averaged 50? Yes. Jesus. And he's come down to earth a little bit. He had 28 two games ago, and then this last game he had like 47 or something. <laughs> 37? Maybe it was 40. It's 40 points. Uh... And they've lost a couple of them, but it's been their best basketball. They won a lot of those games. So they're like narrowly out of the playoffs still. They got to make up two or three games on the Grizzlies. Well, the night of your birthday, they beat the Lakers. Yeah. That was like Kobe I, tribute I, night and everything. Yep. So I, I had that one recorded, watched it in the morning, bawled my eyes out during the tribute, and then watched Damian just fucking thrash the Lakers. It was so great. Wait, so did you not know the outcome of the game? I didn't know I, the I outcome. I text you. Did I say that Blazers won? Or no, I just no. You just sent me. You just sent me the tribute stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I heard. Oh yeah. Well, you told me about it. The controversial ending to one of the games. Oh my God! La- on Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it was a heartbreaker. So Blazers have been having tons of injury issues all year. Really, really bad for injuries. They had one guy go out with a double technical, so he was ejected on Friday. They were playing the Jazz. And, um, and then another guy got a concussion, so he was out. So they were down to seven guys, rotation guys, from, like, I think first quarter on. Uh, so they were dog-tired. Damien was having another amazing game. Uh, was neck and neck the whole way. Not the whole way, but back and forth. And then um, at the end, they were making this one last push to try and uh, tie up the game. And they're down to Damien Lillard um, gets to the basket lays it up it goes off the backboard clearly and then gets swatted by by the jazz center and i don't know if you guys know this if it touches the backboard even if it's like still on the way up or whatever it's a goal tent like you have to get to it before it gets to the backboard or to the rim but you can block it and hit the yes backboard. you can like, like pin it against the backboard like or smack LeBron, it against the backboard. lebron made that cool oh yeah years ago <laughs> yeah. it's a signature signature move um but it was like obvious blatant the the announcers were like that's clearly a goaltend like an obvious 100 percent goaltend they weren't even you know towing the line on it like oh it looked like a goaltend uh but the refs is so if they had blown and said yeah it's a goaltend they could have reviewed that and made the, the real decision but nobody called it so uh the jazz got the ball back and then they went to the free throw line and just won. It's going to be a rule change for next year. And Lillard, he, it probably will be, he rarely like gets emotional, but he fucking went off. He was just cussing the refs out at the end of the game. He went on Twitter. He, he called them out in this post-game interview. It was, it was, it was brutal. It's probably in poor taste, right? You shouldn't be doing that as a... You get fined. Okay. But no, I, I think it was in good taste. It was like, you guys blew it. You lost us the game. Like, we had a chance to win there, and, and it's completely your fault that but we didn't. the NBA doesn't want you 
dogging their refs, right? No. That's a no-no. Especially the players. It's a no-no. Because, I mean, the refs, like, you know, they're human. They make mistakes. And they followed league policy, right? It's not a reviewable play. There was no way to make up that mistake. You just have to move on. So when Um, in doubt, blow that whistle. Yes. And then, uh, God, it's so good. (laughs) On Twitter, uh one some somebody uh commented on Damien's tweet and they're like, Bro, you're about to get fined a ton of money and he just replies with plenty money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not worried about it. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I have a different Damien Lillard tweet pulled up right now. Oh yeah, what's his um the NBA posted like a an official statement on it, basically acknowledging that they fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a long thing about how they made a mistake and blah blah blah. And then Damian Lillard uh, retweeted it, and he said, "We don't want to hear this punk ass shit." <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, that was the uh, NBA Blazers Power Hour. Yeah, they played a night. I think they're I much think, better than their record, right? Isn't I, that their uh, scenario this season? They're just injured. Mm. They're missing like a solid like five guys. Are these temporary injuries? Uh, or is your um, season Nurk- doomed? Nurkic, his legs snapped in fucking half last year. So, oh, he's knows? still riding the pine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Supposedly, he's close um, post All Star break, and then. Um, Zach Collins like dislocated his shoulder early in the year, and and we don't no timetable has been given for him. Well, they still have uh, Grandpa Mello out there with his cane. Yeah, Mello, he's 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 been having a pretty good year, honestly. Yeah, comeback player of the year, not quite. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who else. Would, I can't think of another candidate. But LeBron, maybe didn't he have of, an off year last year? No, he just sat like the whole year. They were bad, and like he they they. They fluffed up his injury a little bit to let him just rest the whole year because they weren't going to do anything. <laughs> Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's eligible for a comeback player. Of the year <laughs> no, he would have to suck for a little bit for that to be possible, and he's never done that. Right. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we uh, move into our best of the decade no, list? We, we got to talk about the XFL now. Oh my oh, God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we don't have to. I will say I watched about 20 minutes of it and turned it off because I don't care. I watched long enough to see a kickoff and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, okay. Football. I I would say if you enjoy football, though, it's definitely entertaining. Like, I wouldn't. Because I think people were worried about, like, the level of play, maybe. It's, like, not quite. I I wasn't impressed by anything I saw when I watched it, but. I saw the the Dragons. (laughs) I saw the Dragons score a touchdown. Yeah, it was a cool touchdown. And then right? they went for the extra points. It was fine. I don't know. I think I don't like. I like that football is only on for a couple months of the year because it gets me excited for football season. Mm-hmm. If I watched all of the NFL season and then all of the XFL season, I like wouldn't care about football anymore because it's just football overload. I get that. You know. That's it's why cool, I don't. Though. That's why I don't watch a lot of college football because I'm so invested in the NFL that if I watched college as well, I'd literally do nothing else but watch. But football. watch football, yeah. <laughs> and that's just too much. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into these. So before we get into our list, uh, we will be taking a quick break because I'm sure you noticed at the top of the show that we played some music, and what we're going to be doing is the three of us have all picked our favorite 
music moment, score moment, whatever from the 2010s. So uh, mine was at the top of the show. Uh, one of you, I don't know what you will be during this intermission. And at the end, we'll put the other picks. So we're mixing in some uh, favorite music moments throughout the show. So uh, listen to that. I want mine at the top of the show. Well, it's too late, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I edited it, edited it before we even recorded. And Matt, for the record, did pick the... Was that the one you were both going to pick? Well, I mean, I think my list will be telling. <laughs> but Okay. So enjoy this musical interlude. We will be right back with our best of the decade conversation. ever listened to us do one of these things uh, as far as ranking of lists we do it round table style we do 10 10 10 9 9 9 going around in a circle so if you listened to the last episode where we recounted best of 2019 it's gonna be a similar f- format uh before we do that though i want to ask you guys so the decade started with 2010 obviously Mm-hmm. Travis, you go first. Tell me a little bit about what 2010 Travis was like. What was going on in your life? Oh, at what point of life were you at? So tell I me was... what he was. Tell me about 2010 Travis. So I was 21. So you were just drunk the whole year. You probably don't even remember. Right? Freshly 21. <laughs> recently bought a condo at that time. This fucking guy buying property at just, 21. Uh, <laughs> very weird. Trying to <laughs> trying to figure out life as an adult. Uh, I don't know. I, pretty basic. Uh, still was working at Farmers. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, a whole lot has changed. <laughs> yeah, I was playing video games and watching movies. I, I mean, <laughs> did you know Chelsea? No. Mm. Shortly after that, though, mm-hmm. a couple years. Uh, yeah, 2010 was a long time ago. But actually, not that long. It ago. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but that was a decade ago. A third of my life. Ago. A decade. A decade did. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Tom. You got more interesting. Sorry uh, for a boring answer, but I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I was a sophomore in college. I was living in dorms that I did not buy. Did you did you live in dorms your whole college? No, experience, just or? freshman sophomore. Yeah, okay. I was off campus after that. So you did it two years. Yeah, it's pretty normal, pretty standard. Is it? Mm-hmm. I feel like most people just do the one year and then they're like, "Give me the fuck." I think out it depends here. on the school. Yeah. Um, I had a job sophomore year. Okay, restaurant, was, right? Yeah, yours is just as boring as mine is. So I don't feel as bad about my <laughs> Just getting run off the air. I don't know. I was 20. I was exactly. uh, I was accessing some things that were um, outside my legal right to purchase 
through other means. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Say more. (laughs) Okay, whatever. I was 20. Sorry, Tom. Matt? I didn't mean to be rude, but... You did... Did you met Sarah at that point? No, I met her the year after. Oh, okay. So we're still early in the decade, but Mm -hmm. not the top. I'm making a mockery of Matt's question. (laughs) Not you. It's a stupid question. (laughs) I thought it was a good idea. Let's hear your (laughs) 2010. Do you remember any movie watching experiences when you were in 2010? Yeah, Toy Story 3, dog. Yeah, okay. That was huge. Uh, Kick-ass. Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I was all about kick-ass yeah i don't out. know if i have anything on my list from 2010 specifically but anyway yeah i don't know if i do either i was a freshman in college uh was living in the dorms uh dorms are weird man they were weird i didn't come out of my shell as a person until like spring quarter so that was like i guess march through june that was when i met you know, your Trays, your Scots, your Brady's. That's when like, you bloomed? That was when the friend group really blossomed. Really coalesced. And yeah, they're still my best friends 10 mm. years later. But just a really socially awkward, like 2010 Matt, thinking about 2020 Matt, like having a podcast and like doing all the things that I've done since then, his mind would be blown. Because I was like, I would literally not eat in the dining hall during the busiest hours because I was too anxious to be around like all those people. So I would go in the morning because it wasn't weird to like sit by yourself. I was a fucking loser. It was in the morning. It was like fine to just like be by yourself and eat. Right. And then I would go at late night, uh, which was like nine o'clock and after, which is when they had like cookies and corn dogs and nachos and shit. So you were just starving the rest of the day and then your diet was nachos and cookies. I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight freshman year being so socially awkward. Not, it was great. Not common for those listeners who don't know that. Usually your freshman year, what do they call it? The freshman 15. Freshman 15, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I lost, I think, probably like 30 pounds over the course of Jesus. my freshman year. That's wow. a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's good shit. So I was very socially awkward. I just did my studies, jerked off in my dorm a lot, you mm-hmm. know. The things that college college boys do. Proud of you. And now look at us. Now we jerk off in the comfort of our own homes (laughs) (laughs) with our long-term wives and girlfriends. With our significant others. (laughs) Things are great. Uh, Okay. A lot has changed. Things are very different for us now. Moving up in the world. Uh, Okay. So I'm going to start. So my number 10. Oh, wait. Whoa. Hold hold on. I got a better question. (laughs) How did you guys construct this list? What angle did you go at it? I hated making this list. I did not enjoy this exercise. (laughs) I do not feel good about my list. It's a difficult task. And I will not enjoy revealing my answers. I tried to not stress too much about it and just go with 10. There's like five that are for sure the top five. Six through 10 could easily be replaced with 11 through 20. Uh, Like nine and 10 are like... Very interchangeable with other movies, but mm-hmm. I feel very good about the top five. My top, like, seven was easy. Like, there were, straight away, there were, like, some movies I was like, obviously, this is this is one, this is two. Like, that part of it was easy. But then, yeah, the bottom part of the list. So, Matt's real list starts at seven. Mine starts at five. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Uh... Um, 50? No. <laughs> None of it's real. It's all a construct. <laughs> Take everything that comes out of Tom's mouth with a grain of salt. <laughs> I think my list probably starts at like 
eight. Okay. Yeah, I mainly went with just like favorites. Um, rewatchability is a factor, but maybe not always a factor. Um, but I think I've seen every, every movie on my top 10 at least like two or three times. Um, yeah. Not me. Most of mine are the ones that I, I've gone back to a lot over the decade and just absolutely adore. All right. Any other comments before I go first? Do it. All right, my number 10 is Boyhood by Richard Linklater. Had to have a linky in there. Yeah, did you feel the need to put certain directors on your list? Or just in this case? Um, Not really. Kind of, a little bit with Linklater. Well, not really. I do love Boyhood. And I there's no other movie from the decade his output like i love I th- he had a really strong decade i mean everybody mm-hmm. wants some love that movie before midnight love it but boyhood is the one i mean it's almost three hours and i've seen it probably four or five times it's an interesting one especially for people our age because we're not that much older than the boy and boyhood is so there's like pop culture references it's like oh i haven't heard fuck it opens with yellow by coldplay like it's almost <laughs> like a serves as like a time capsule for the prior decade because i think it starts in like 2001 or something mm. like he goes to a harry potter book release and it's just Nerd. it's an interesting exercise Dude, book releases were the shit <laughs> it's an interesting exercise in that regard but also it's just a heartfelt movie like there are some really powerful moments with Patricia Arquette's character and just seeing this family struggles and them staying together through the toughest times and watching everybody grow up and the Ethan Hawke dynamic is really interesting because he's kind of like the the father who kind of comes in and out of, out of the main character's life. And I just think it's a really powerful exercise that hasn't really been done before, at least on this scale anyway, in like a fictional form. Um, I just, I love it. I and think it's very rewatchable, even though it's long. You put this on your list instead of Lady Bird because you hate women, right? Yeah. <laughs> just want <laughs> Sarah dissuaded me from putting this on my list. Really? Mm-hmm. What was her argument? She made no argument. She was just like, really? I'm surprised. That's one of your top 10? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, boy, rules, dude. I mean, anyway. She hates men, though. So I did it like sense. with her. <laughs> I kind of did the activity with her. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I maybe would have made some different choices. So you otherwise. let her influence your... So this is mm-hmm. really half Well, Tom, sometimes, half sometimes you don't know yourself as well as others know you. That's true. So I feel like it's still a valid list. Did, right. you, did you learn that after watching All Marriage this to Story? say I considered it strongly. Hmm. Well... Did you no. learn that after watching <laughs> Story? We've written letters to each other. <laughs> uh, that's my number 10. Tom. You're number 10. Oh, I'm 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 next. Yeah, uh, I picked Burning as my number 10. Ooh, Interesting. I didn't even when I was talking Link later, I didn't even mention Bernie. I love Bernie. Uh, oh, I thought you said Burning. Burning. Oh, Bernie. damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so Burning I did not put in my top that 10 fit, though, last Black. year. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> All right, okay. I uh, I did not because uh I hadn't seen it before we did our list. Right. I loved Burning. It has this weird ambiance to it. And I love the um, the inconclusiveness of the characters and the situations they get into. Um, yeah, I love everything about that movie. Matt, why haven't you watched that? 
Just oh, you still have, haven't? Just don't have a lot of time. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you'd seen it by now. No, I. It's just one of those movies that it's like. I honestly, I feel like Netflix is where movies go to, to die. die on the vine for me, because mm. it's just it's always right, right there. You can you you know you can watch it at another time. Even other streaming platforms, I'm like, oh, it's on. It just went on Hulu. I gotta watch that. Like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime. If it goes to Netflix, I'm like. Unless it's a Netflix original, if it drops on Netflix, I'm like, oh, let me add it to the list and then never fucking watch it. I just haven't done it yet. I don't know. Wait. I need to. Even though Netflix originals are more likely to stay on the service than something like Burning. Movies like that, yeah. <laughs> or Burning. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know what it is. It's it's one of those movies that's like been near the top of my list to watch for like a year now but it's one of those ones you want to like be ready for you know what i mean and every time i'm like eh, i don't know if i'm really i just make excuses i need to stop making excuses yeah well now you have to watch it because i put it on my top 10 of the decade so i snuck I it on in. my uh best of the year list mm-hmm mm-hmm look it's looking like that's paying off <laughs> oh i guess i'm the dumbass then well i don't know if you're a dumbass you're just kind of negligent it's true <laughs> even worse <laughs> no what really happened is you didn't Watched it in time for the cram, and then now it's pointless. What's the point? Yeah, <laughs> it could be some sort of like subconscious racism. It could be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> watch, watches Parasite, watches Train to Busan, does not watch Burning because of racism. <laughs> it could also maybe that's why I had such strong feelings about the gentleman. I just had to admonish it for being racist toward Asians <laughs> when really I'm the one on the inside. <laughs> No, I'll watch Burning. All right. Uh, my number 10. This is kind of like a... Uh, Are you making a statement with this one? No. Uh, this is kind of like an honorary pick where this guy killed the the decade. So, And all of his movies are great. This one's my favorite of his. Killing of a Sacred Deer? You just watched it, Matt. Killing of a Sacred Deer? Prisoners. Oh, that's the one you went mm. with, huh? Mm-hmm. Had to get him on the list. Uh, was this a last minute change? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Somewhat last minute. Yeah. Did you rewatch it? Remember what I said earlier about yeah. my nine and ten picks? No. But I've seen it twice. I think it's my favorite. Denny. Uh, just a great thriller. Great performances. This is uh, the Zodiac of the 2010s. It's a good procedural with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> uh, love the ending. The ending is oh, amazing. Some people hate it. I've only seen oh, that man. movie once. I do not remember like much about it. I remember really liking it. You got to remember the ending, though. The no, ending I don't remember the sticks ending. Sticks with you. Whistle. No, nope. sounds like it's uh, ready for a rewatch. Oh man, I wish you wouldn't have said that, but it's great. Uh, it just looks awesome too. I mean, mm-hmm. I know De- I know Deacons did it, so it's you know goes without saying. But uh, yeah, like just some of the scenes, like it, when they're in the woods, like looking for the children, and then like the scene where uh, at the end when Jake Gyllenhaal is like driving through like traffic in the rain, He's bleeding, yeah, and, and the, oh man, the, the police lights are going off and Gradius. the reflections. Oh. oh my god, that scene right there that makes the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even it's though it's a total else. throwaway thing almost. But it uh, just looks visually amazing. Does this stream somewhere? It is now. Really? It's on, it's on HBO now. Yeah. There we go. I borrowed it. The Blu-ray is right over there. 
But I borrowed it from Travis because it wasn't streaming anywhere. Mm. And then I was just looking on HBO like two days ago. Anything to add, Matt, uh, since you're fresh on it? Yes, I will say I really liked Prisoners the first time I saw it. Uh, But in the years since, I had kind of put it toward the bottom of Denis Villeneuve's filmography. Mm -hmm. On a rewatch... I'm not gonna say it's my fa- it's not my favorite, but it's yeah. it's up there. Like it is real. Like when this movie is good, it is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like it, when you think of Zodiac and like some of like how tense some of those moments are, this movie is that. But even more consistently than Zodiac, I think. I think Zodiac overall is a more interesting story, but some of the moments of tension in Prisoners are like unparalleled. Oh, like I was like it's like this is a nail biter. There's a scene in one. a kitchen that's pretty intense. Oh yeah, all and right. there's the boxes of snakes. Oh yeah. So good. All right, all it's right. It's really I'll, fucking good. I got to rewatch it. Uh I will say Jake Hugh Jackman Joe, is Jake a Joe little Hall? hammy in it. But he's great. He is. He he he's going a little too like he's at a 10. I wanted him to bring it down to like a 7, <laughs> you know what I mean? Jake you wanted, you wanted old Logan and not young but, Logan? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he is a dad who has potentially lost his kid. So, I mean. did he, I don't remember him bursting into song. <laughs> is that, does that happen? <laughs> There's no time for that <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's got the, the full top button going on. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, he's really good now. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. My number nine just crammed in the rewatch last night. It is the killing of oh, a sacred shit. deer. Mm. Uh, I thought about the lobster was in the conversation, but I they're bumped, all in the conversation. Right? I mm-hmm. bumped the lobster last night. I was like, you know what? Let's Haley had mentioned she wanted to watch it. I was like, let's watch killing of a sacred deer. That was a good movie. Let's, let's see what happens. Ooh, man, that movie is designed like travis and i talked about it a little bit when he first got here today that movie is designed to make you as uncomfortable as humanly possible <laughs> it's like the i would describe it as it's like the clinical aspects of like kubrick mixed with like the cold and calculated aspects of like michael hanukkah because it's like really detached like the whole movie is like even the camera a lot of the time yeah, is it's like lurking back. the whole time <laughs> and it's like fall like there's especially in the hospital there's scenes where the camera is just like way back following colin farrell mm-hmm. through the hospital and it's like or it's up at the up in the ceiling down yeah there's very little dialogue a lot of the interactions almost seem like it's aliens talking to each other because by and large, there's very little emotion expressed by characters. It's very, like, deadpan. And it's also way funnier than I remembered. Like, I, I told Travis this, but you'll probably remember this, too. Uh, it's maybe, like, halfway through the movie, and Colin Farrell thinks his son is lying about not being able to walk. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to play a game. I'm going to tell you a secret I've never told anyone before, and then you're going to tell me a secret. And then Colin Farrell tells his son that when he was a little kid, he jerked off his dad. And then he's like, all right, it's your turn. And his son's like, "Mm, I don't know. I I don't have any secrets. It's like (laughs) so dark, but so funny because it's like we went through this whole thing. He told this long story about whacking his dad off. And then it's like, to what end? Just like it's like the darkest, blackest humor I can think of. Yeah. But when it when a movie does that right, it totally works for me. When he tries to force feed him the donut. (laughs) I still haven't rewatched that movie, but it was like. 
I because I I'm waiting for the right time. You know, it's one of those where I'm just like, oh, okay, do I have like three hours to just sort of like not do anything else? It's the rewatch did it obviously because yeah. like it wasn't even in my. It's not that was not my favorite uh, Yorgos film. That I think it was like my number three right? or something. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go out on a limb here and just say 2017 was the best year of the decade for me at least. We got Phantom Thread. We Call got, me by your name. We got Dunkirk. We got Good Time. We got Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. Lady Bird, Baby Driver, The Last Jedi. There's so many good movies that, that came was a out great of year. 2017. Yeah, that was a really good year. Banger of the year. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Loved it. Glad I rewatched it. You had to get the goat on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I tried. I don't think it's going to happen, though, unless I do a last-minute switcheroo Swap. for my nine. <laughs> and the deeper we get, the higher you're going to be swapping it in at. All right. My number nine is Suspiria. Mm. It's like the darkness in the night. <laughs> I toyed with the idea, but mm-hmm. Suspiria is one that hasn't stuck with me like I thought it would. In the month or two after I saw it, yeah. But in the time since, like... I like I haven't really thought about it that much. Maybe the re mm. maybe similar to Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mean, how much do you maybe think about other movies that much? You know? <laughs> a lot. The other movies on my list, I think about all the time. Okay, whatever. I love Suspiria. I think it's excellent. I think it is. Uh, it's got so many elements that your typical horror movie doesn't have. You know, like these weird emotional pulls, and uh, and I love witches. So. It's the best witch movie. Mm, I think the witch did it better. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Best uh, best witch movie of the decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it's even like it's cartoonish stuff at the end, you know, a la Kill Bill Volume 1. It's great. Well, and you're a huge uh, Tilda Swinton fan, so. Am I like a notably big Tilda Swinton fan? I thought so. She's or maybe great. I'm mixing her up with Kate Blanchett. Oh, that's that's what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my feelings for Kate Blanchett are much different than my feelings for Tilda Swinton. Okay. Yeah. You didn't even see Where'd You Go Bernadette? No, I heard it was garbage. I read it. So Was that Link? That's later? part of why. Yep. You didn't see it either. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both in trouble. The book's great. I think that's part of why, because, you know, if you read the book and it's excellent and you hear the movie's terrible, like... What's the point? Why would you go? Like the Goldfinch, right? Yeah. Which I made I that mistake. <laughs> haven't read. Do own. Oh, I thought you read it and then you didn't want to see the movie because you heard it was bad. No, I heard the movie was bad and I don't want to see it because I'm going to read the book, which is good. Gotcha. But even prior to that, you didn't see... Before we knew it was bad, you didn't want to see it because you wanted to read the book first. Wanted to read the book first. Then you were validated by the movie being. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Glad we sorted that out. So my number nine, right? We're moving on? Yep. Yep. Uh, Blue Valentine. Ooh, interesting. Have we ever talked Uh, about this movie on the show? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's a great relationship movie. It's there's there's a lot of them out there, but uh, this one is one of my favorites. I think it's very realistic, uh, and that might be kind of like cliche to say about a movie like this, but um, I think it just captures like the good and the bad of a relationship really well. Like there's just some like really like cute moments, and then there's also like some really like shitty moments and. 
I love the performances between or the performances of Ryan Gosling and uh, Michelle Williams. Their little first meeting is amazing. It's like I think it's kind of like the centerpiece of the trailer. Well, when he sings uh, on the uke. Yes, that's when I fell in love with. No, I'm just kidding. It's probably <laughs> a little bit before that, but it was right around the time I, I was going hard for the gauze. One of those tracks, I don't know if it's that one, was uh, my first dance with Sarah at our wedding. But I've never seen the movie. She picked it. Oh, that's Ooh. a weird. <laughs> you picked a song from Blue Valentine mm-hmm. for your. Pretty sure. Chelsea like refuses to watch this movie just because I've told her it's somewhat of a downer. <laughs> but that's putting it lightly. I but I mean, there's there's good like you know you, you have to take the good with the bad, I guess. La La Land with... is somewhat of a downer. Yes, Blue Valentine is <laughs> fucking hard to watch. Um, but there's still some like sweet and cute moments in it. Um, you could. It's. I would say it's uh, kind of similar to like Marriage Story in a sense. Okay. Sarah said it was pretty rough. Yeah. But she liked the song. I also really like just Ryan Gosling's character, um, just his outlook on life and like how like you know people just want different things in life and you know maybe you don't want to like overachieve or like reach your full potential. Like you're perfectly content with just like living a normal life and like having a family and all that. And cause he gets like pressured into like doing more with his life, but he's like content with what he's doing and stuff. So hmm. some interesting topics as well. Hmm. Good stuff. I came this close to cramming. Uh, mm. I was going to rewatch place beyond the pines, mm. which same director. Yeah. I uh, didn't do it, but has he done anything? That one since, has the potential. Uh, the I don't think so. Light between oceans. Yeah. No. Nah. That's he sad. did that commercial, the baseball. It was like an Adidas commercial. Oh, really? It was good, too. Hmm. I um, know he's been rumored or maybe the movie's just like been delayed, but I think he's doing like some movie about like some drummer, like a, a metal drummer or something, or like a drummer who like has lost their hearing or something. I think it might be like a biopic, but it might just be like stuck in development hell. I don't really know. Is it about the like the Def Leppard drummer who lost his arm? No, I don't remember. I just remember like seeing what this guy was going to do next. And that was like in his upcoming projects on IMDb. But it's kind of sad that because he was like, I mean, after this, it was like, wow, this guy, you know, but he's kind of quieted down. I mean, Light Between Oceans wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was like, what, four Four or five years ago? Yeah. I mean, well, we need another movie. You know, he's he's our generation's (laughs) Terry Malick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hopefully all right my number eight is that what we're on mm-hmm. it's la la land now it's weird that nowadays that's kind of a controversial pick because like the backlash on la la land was so strong but i fucking love this movie i've seen it probably four or five times it just makes me so happy i love the music i love the relationship between ryan gosling and emma stone like, great chemistry her. they mm-hmm. just have some of the best chemistry in the, like the modern era of film, just off the charts. I love the way it looks. I love that it's set in LA, just beautiful. The ending montage of like what their relationship could have been kills me every time I watch it. And Ryan Gosling just shredding on the piano, like knowing that he did all that himself. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, it's boner city. Um, 
We've talked about it before on the show, so I won't go any further. But La La Land is one for the ages. Loved it. Great pick. All right. Making a last minute edit here. Oh, shit. So, okay. Had to do it. Uh, okay. My number eight is her. Only number eight, huh? Yeah. Was this your edit? Mm-hmm. Did you just remember it or? No, I just bumped it down. Did you oh, oh, shit. Okay. So you, something bumped up. Maybe you bumped up La La Land. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you just just play with the order there or did you? Just the order. Okay. Just okay. play with the order. Okay. Uh, I love her. I assume we'll talk about it more as we go. So, okay, I'll I'll save it. But um, well, it's not on my list. <laughs> but Scarlett Johansson, great voice, very good voice. Yeah. Yes, makes the movie. Some would say mm. the director would. <laughs> <laughs> Viewers, well, the director swapped out the voice like last minute. Oh, I forgot about that so. detail. Yeah. Maybe not last minute, but. Made a, a choice to yes wasn't vibing with who was Samantha it? Morton yeah I mean come on ScarJo's got the voice of a yes Angel yeah that one okay <laughs> <laughs> all right your number eight Travis my number eight is Nightcrawler Nightcrawler oh yeah that movie did you rewatch it okay so it is not here we that go good. here we go here we go the reason why it's on my list. Is because the first time I saw it, I almost had like an out of body experience. I was just like floored by how amazing it was. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> first watches like everything pretty good. was just hitting when I was watching it. It, I don't know. Like, I love that movie. There's very few times when I go to the theater and I'm just like blown away by something or just like completely like this doesn't surprise me at all by a movie nightcrawler is 100 percent in your i love movies about sociopaths i mean they they rock (laughs) anti-heroes love sociopaths are the best (laughs) uh tonally though it it also is just like really in line with yes something that you would love yeah uh probably jake gyllenhaal's best performance Mm, i mean it's i don't know i mean have you seen okja it's a little showy but uh no, that one's terrible. <laughs> I no, mean, I've seen Ocha, but Brokeback is probably his his best performance. I mean, he's kind of a little outshined by Heath, but yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Brokeback, he is really fucking. It's his most impressive performance. Yeah, he's always going too hard, but this is the role <laughs> where it makes the most sitting. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, love his performance. Um, Renee Russo is really good too. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I just love how like nasty he is. It's just so uh invigorating. <laughs> invigorating. <laughs> uh yeah, the whole, you know, take on capitalism and stuff. Uh that's good too. Like the score. Yeah. Uh it's a LA movie, so that's gives it some bonus points. Um but it's just I don't know, at least the first time I saw it, it was just so thrilling like i just couldn't believe what i was watching even though it's a movie i mean i just couldn't believe someone would like go to these depths to like achieve success or whatever and uh yeah i have i've watched it like three or four times since the theater and it hasn't quite held up to that first watch but man that first watch oh and 
has a really awesome poster. One of the best posters of the decade. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. All right, that's that's my take on Nightcrawler. All right, my number seven. Number seven is Inside Lewin Davis. This is my third favorite Coen Brothers film behind No Country and Fargo. Just a just a masterclass. I fucking love it. Uh, Oscar Isaac, one of my favorite performances of the decade. I love how like melancholy the whole movie is. There's just it's just so sad. It's not sad in the same way as like Blue Valentine is sad. It's just the whole thing. The color palette is sad. It's very drab. <laughs> the music is incredible. I mean, all of the all of the songs, all the choices. Um, early Adam Driver appearance. Yep. Where he's performing with him and Justin Timberlake. Uh oh. This whole thing. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is great. Um, great cat. One of the best cats of the decade. Probably the, the best good, cat. Tragic. Tragic. The good man. End. Yeah, yeah, very small role, but that that uh, road trip scene. Who's that? John Goodman. Oh yeah, yeah. In the car, yeah, he's great. It's just, uh, I just, I just love this movie. Again, all of these movies from here on forward, I've seen. I, I would agree that at that least, is at least three times their best of the decade. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the a ton brothers. of competition, but I didn't love Hail Caesar. No, I didn't. Buster Scruggs True, was True Grit's cool, good. But. Oh, uh, sorry, I misspoke. True Grit is definitely the best. Of the <laughs> no, inside. I rewatched that recently. Still great. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's not inside the Lynn Davis. I don't think so. No. Uh, yeah, loved it. That's my number seven. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my number seven, if my memory He's does not fail me, <laughs> is Call Me by Your Name. Mm. Yeah. So this is a pretty recent watch. Mm-hmm. That was 2017, right? Mm-hmm. It's my number one of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just love the space that you get to spend with the characters. Italy in the summer seems nice. I'd like to be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, heartbreaking romance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very intimate, very intimate film. Probably the most intimate film on my list. And Fun. really just put Peaches on the radar like they've never been before. Peaches. And T Shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we should be grateful for both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Peaches and Cream, baby. Great movie. My number seven. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep pulling this damn thing out. Um, number seven. This is gonna be another one where Matt's like, what? Number seven? <laughs> what? I mean, it's a good movie. Bro. Let's hear it. What is it? Life of Pi. Really? <laughs> Knew yeah. it. Uh, Sign me up for a what? <laughs> no, Life of Pi is amazing. Yeah, sure. It is a visual masterpiece. Feast? Oh, I've owned master it. Master feast. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> so it was one of the first Blu-rays I bought. Yep. Still haven't watched it. You've never seen it? No, I have. Oh, okay. Just once though Did in the theater. Three D. Yes. The three D was banging. Pretty good. As far as three D movies go. Yes. But I haven't seen it. That movie came out in what two thousand twelve? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen it in eight years. Mm. And it's, it's literally sitting over there. One of my oldest Blu-rays. I got the 3D Blu-ray. You don't have a 3D TV, though. Yeah, I do. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. In your... Living room. Oh, your beater. Yeah, my beater. Okay. Fair. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, it visually is amazing. All the the technical aspects, the uh, the CG is incredible. The tiger, the whale. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. When the, the jellyfish. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many like animals. It's just so colorful and vibrant. <laughs> yeah, and then when the, all the birds are flying at the screen or the seagulls or whatever, mm. it's just yeah, a visual treat. But uh, I just love the the storytelling in it and how like it's like a story within a story and it kind of deals with like religion and like basically how like you can use a story for like to get, you know, different ideas or points across and you can kind of believe like what you want to believe. Cause the whole thing is like, is it a fairy tale or is it not type thing? Um, and I thought that was uh, pretty fascinating and uh, yeah. I should rewatch that one. Ang- I do love it. I do love it. Angley is the man. No, I mean, not so much anymore, but... No, he is. That was the last time he made a good movie. Mm, Gemini Man was good. <laughs> All right. Anything else in Life of Pi? No. All right. My number six, Ex Machina. Had to be on the list. The best science fiction film of the 2010s. I've seen it probably six or seven times. This is the one that, like, I'd be dating a girl. We'd be on her, like, third or fourth date, you know, and be like, oh, you want to watch a movie? And I'd be like, I would, this would be the one I would put on. This is the first test. I've seen Ex Machina, <laughs> like, probably probably five of those seven viewings were with some Tinder girl. And across the board, everyone loves it. It's a, it's a, it's a mind churner. It is provocative. It's well acted. It's existential. I love provocative it. is a good word for it. It's I'm just captivated. You have any uh, extra? Um, no, okay. we are out okay. out of booze. Um, just absolutely love this thing. Ever since it came out, been champion championing it. Oh, we know everyone. Everyone needs to see it. Oscar Isaac kills in it. Alicia Vikander, early role for her. I think mm-hmm. she's amazing in it. Some couple, couple standout scenes, and that ending every time. I'm just like, oh yeah, God, cold as ice. It is so good because it's unexpected too. Like, I mean, obviously once you've seen it, you know. But I'm not gonna spoil anything. But one of the great endings of the decade. That's my number six. That's my number six too. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, just pound on it, the same pound page. It out. Gross. Cool. All right, Travis, what's I, your number six? I like Ekmakina a lot. I just don't like it as much as you guys. No, Annihilation, dude, honestly, was in the conversation, too, but I had to go Ex Machina. Ex Machina has a certain something to it. Well, so did the movies on my list, in my opinion. Okay. 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 All right. My number six has already been brought up before. La La Land. Yep. Ryan Gosling is the man. He can Nuff, do it all. Neff said. He's, cool. This is City of Stars. This is not the first time he's going to show up on my list, nor is it the last. My mission today is to prove that I'm the bigger Ryan Gosling fan than Matt. You've already won. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, late, late swap. We're making an adjustment to the list. Uh, we've talked about oh, it shit, a lot. Oh, of March. I got I to get that in here. <laughs> uh yeah, it's just a, it, probably my favorite musical. I haven't seen a ton, but at least it uh, opened the door for me to give musicals a chance. And uh, 
Yeah, love everything about it. You know what the funny thing is? I thought the same thing. Like, oh, I I love this musical. This is going to open the door to all these musicals. I I bought the Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Don't care. I haven't watched any since. I don't think anything will come close to it's just La La it just can't no. it's just it's, it's magic it's a banger it's, it's an all-timer <laughs> uh cool anything else on la, la lamb no all right my number five ethan hawk oh yeah. crisis of faith new it's, is gonna be on the list it's first reformed <laughs> uh, i rewatched this one a couple days ago um just really makes me feel a way like when the conversation early on happens where he's talking about the climate with uh, uh, the oh, guy God. who ends up blowing his head off, just like that's such a riveting conversation. And it really makes me think like he's got a good point. Like, what's the point? Oh, yeah. Is it, it's a selfish act bringing a child <laughs> into this world. Like all these things that I'm constantly wrestling with. Um, and just the visuals, Ethan Hawke's performance. It is a life altering movie. Like this is one. Really, every movie in my top five is one that I have periodically thought about on and off ever since I saw it. It's just, I'm not going to say life-changing, but yeah, yeah, first reformed. Uh, Just uh, can't praise it enough. And how about that opening? Oh, man. Slow fade. Slow, the the sun. The dawn. The first reformed church slowly coming into focus. That cross just slowly... Peeking oh, out, man. and when he light. pours the Pepto in the in the scotch, and you see it swirl around, and it's like the universe opens up. And oh, yeah. I have come full circle on the f- laying on top of each other, floating. It's great now. It's great. Full circle, love it. You know, first reformed. Well, like when I think about that movie, or when I talk about that movie, I I instantly am like, oh, top ten of the decade, definitely worthy. But. I just don't like watching it. Yeah, I would say <laughs> I would say it it's probably one of the best of the decade, but not one of my favorites. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's both for me. Yeah. So that's my number five. <laughs> super great. Super great movie. Super great. Uh okay, we're on number five here. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. I thought I there. thought it might be like number three. Yeah. Alright, number five. That's okay. the way I talk about it. Uh, it is the actual best sci-fi of the decade. All right, well, agree or disagree, but yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a visual masterpiece. Oh yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think people have heard me talk about Blade Runner twenty forty nine enough. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, <laughs> the gauze though. Hey, another edition. Just this, our list is just all. All three of us are just full of. Full of the guys. Just milking that goat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, number five. This is where the list gets. This is like, these are the. Yeah, but it's also probably the most boring part of my list, just because you guys can probably guess what these are. Hmm. Number five is Mandy. Hmm. <laughs> you probably couldn't hear that, but Haley in the background just barfed. <laughs> Gagging. Into the sink, just vomit everywhere. <clears throat> Another visual master feast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> I just, I just love its style and vibe. Um, the colors, the, the weirdness of it. Are we talking about Nicholas Cage, Gretel and Hansel, or oh, Nicholas Cage? Oh, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
I've creamed over this movie before. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to do it again, especially with you guys staring at me. So I'm just because you're a, this is a party of one. Yes. On Mandy. Neither <laughs> yes. of us are on your side on this one. I would rewatch Mandy. I would too. Yeah. I wasn't completely sold on it the first time I saw it. I don't know if being stoned on the first watch was the best idea. Well, it's, it's probably a good idea for the second watch. It was not only, it was, I, I don't know. It was hard for me to focus. And also I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Usually I like that kind of thing, but I don't know. I really can't, on paper, it seems like a movie I should love. I, I don't really know. I think I need to watch it Give again it another really shot. to dissect. There might, it might be bad. It might be. A second watch is either going to confirm that I hate it or I'm going to realize what I didn't see on a first watch. I don't think it could get worse for you, though, than your first impression. You're right. I did give it like a two. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, it could go down from there. I gave it a two and a half. That's generous, Tom. Thanks. All right. What are we on? Number four? I don't remember hating it that much. (laughs) Yeah. We're on number four. Yeah. Uh, It's Call Me By Your Name. Uh, I think of all the movies on here, at least on a first watch, this is the one that I was the most emotionally moved by. Mm. I was like full on sobbing watching this movie. I was crying right along with T-Shall at the end. Just, I couldn't move. I was just like (laughs) sitting in my seat crying (laughs) with Timothy Chalamet. They had to cry you out of the theater. (laughs) It's just a beautiful love story. It's. I love the music. I love the way it looks. Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer, incredible together. Uh, it made Love My Way one of my favorite 80s songs. Really just one of my favorite songs in general. I had heard it before, but I don't know. I saw that song, or I guess heard that song, in that context where they're dancing. And then I listened to it outside of the context of the movie and loved it. It's just... Um, it's movie, my type of movie. movies have the power to do that to uh, certain songs. It broke this movie broke me to my core, and uh, I'm thankful for it. I love it. That's my number four. Great pick, cool. My number four is The Master. Mm. Uh, I was actually trying to get in a rewatch because it's on Netflix. I'm like an hour into a rewatch right now, but uh, you know, baby stuff and. Apex Legends got That's in the way. That's really not a movie you should watch in chunks. I know, but I really don't have a lot of <laughs> options these days. Uh, so, um, based on how the rest of the movie goes, it could definitely go up. But that movie is so interesting. There's so much to explore in <laughs> the whole the character of Freddy, uh, the character of uh, I don't know what what Phillips character's name is but uh, uh lancaster dobbs is that his name dodd dodd yeah yeah lancaster <laughs> um it's a masterpiece and uh a real testament to pt anderson mm-hmm. in all of his greatness your favorite pta yes ever or just of the decade ever okay over there will be blood. That's okay. It's close. Sorry, it's I, close. Had, had to had to throw that out there. <laughs> Man, it's been a long time since I've seen "There Will Be Blood." That's like one of my all time. I think it's "There Will Be Blood." It's actually, gotta be. yeah, <laughs> for me. Thanks not, for the reminder, for Travis. Me. For well, I think for me too. Either that or maybe Phantom Thread. 
Mm. Yeah. Number four? That's right. We're going to Dunkirk, baby. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I think, yeah, Dunkirk. Uh, <laughs> Above Mandy, huh? Yep. They're, they're really close. How many times have you seen it? Dunkirk? Well, I saw it three times in it's the theater. Still in, it's still interesting to you? Yes. What is there? I just, I don't, I don't I rewatched it. this after I saw 1917, just to be like, to compare them, you know? Yeah. You, I think it's... You saw it at home, though. I th- I think it's better than 1917. Um, Dude, but the, the editing, the the, the storylines intersecting, just... It's not that special. <laughs> yes, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why you like it so much. I, I love war movies. I mean that right there but uh i don't know i just think on a technical level i just think it's amazing like when you rewatch it i just don't understand like when you come back to it again what it does for you the second time i saw it with you guys almost had an out-of-body experience (laughs) watching the theater (laughs) i felt like a little kid like seeing a movie like in the theater for the first time it was what are the scenes that really get you uh, you know, out all of your the seat. dog fights, the bombs going off on the on the shore, uh, the torpedo. There's so many good action. It's just I, I, think, I think that's the, why I like it because it is literally like wall to wall action, and it's it's not just like action for the sake of action. Like there's a technical craft to it. There's intersecting storylines. I hate the criticism that people say, oh, there's no character development because that's not what this movie is about. Um, movies can be different things. I love saying that. It's great. I, I hear what you're saying, but like... It's there's it's, just it's not, my favorite war movie. There's not enough character development in the film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just... But there I is, can't. though. Like, you can... I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> the, the people on the boat is what you're supposed to latch on to. On the boat, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Ryland, Mark Rylance, mm-hmm. and uh, your boy Barry, mm-hmm. and uh, Cillian, Cillian Murphy, Killian, you, Killian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's probably one of the the weaker links of the movie. But me shitting on Dunkirk is more just a bit than anything at this point because I do like it and I own it. I still haven't seen it all the way through. I will. You'll probably like this. The first thing I watched when I got my 4K TV, it was Dunkirk. That's the one to do it with, right? (laughs) I don't know. I I love Dunkirk. I know there are other lovers out there, but you guys just don't get it, I guess. (laughs) I think it's a good movie. Not that you don't get the movie. You just don't get... You don't get off like that. I don't... Yeah, I don't get off like you with with the (laughs) dogfights. I'm like, oh, this is... This must be what it looked like to be behind. Yeah. The, to be in the cockpit. And it's like impressive. You're just like. It was such a special. I know you sat in the second row or whatever, but it was such a special experience to see that in IMAX at the Pacific Science Center. That thing fucking blew me away. Rattled me to my core. <laughs> See, it's not even in my list, but that's what Interstellar was for me. Yeah, Interstellar is like good seeing too. that in IMAX. Like, also it's sci-fi. Like, it's more in my wheelhouse. But yeah, okay, it, it rules. Dunkirk. Anything else? Nolan. All right. <laughs> we have moved into the top three. 
My number three is Terry Malick's The Tree of Life. Just ever since the first time I saw it back in 2011, just blown away by it. It's the most beautiful movie I've ever seen in my life. The floating camera, Jessica Chastain in her dress, just floating in the air. Brad Pitt being the stern father. The creation of life mm. sequence that everyone seems to hate. The nebulas. Just everything. The score, the classical score. The dinosaurs. The, the dinosaurs. The super like whispering narration over the like, voiceovers. You know, just like that stuff. Oh. Everything about this movie I just adore. I love that it is both the smallest and the biggest movie of the decade like it's a tiny it's a nuclear family you sound any more pretentious right now <laughs> i mean i'm talking about one of the most pretentious movies I know. <laughs> it's it's everything this movie is everything and i will say i've brought it up on the show before but just to validate myself before roger ebert died he was going to add a new movie to his 10 best of all time and he was debating between adding the tree of life or synecdoche new york wow i mean come on he went with the tree of life obviously i would go with synecdoche but just i mean if roger eber agrees with me then i mean that's end of the conversation so those must be his two favorite movies of their decades i'm assuming well, well post 2000 right because he didn't when did he die 2012, 13-ish. Because so this didn't... movie came out in 2011. This was, Tree of Life was one of the last movies he reviewed before he died. Well, at least he saw Drive then, right? He should have. I don't think he liked it, if I'm remembering <laughs> correctly. Um, Tree of Life, number three. Tree of Life is my number three. Oh, Tom, come give it here, buddy. Yeah. You guys are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the same movie, same, same spot on the list. Loving it. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt said it all. H- have you watched the extended butt cut yet? Or no? Not yet, no. Me neither. I was going to, but I wanted Haley to watch it too, and I, but I wasn't going to make her watch the three-hour cream fest, so we did the OG. I like Tree of Life a lot. First time I watched it, I was like, nah, you know, a little too trying. Uh, no, there. talk about out-of-body experiences. That was me the first time with Tree of Life. Ooh, yeah. But I got it the second time. I was wind and dying. But I mainly like the movie. the family stuff and like you know. Me too. That's, I mainly yeah. like the dinosaur stuff and the nebula <laughs> stuff. If okay. I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, three. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Another movie where first time I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Blown. Blew your hair back, away. right? Oh my god. <laughs> I walked out with like singed eyebrows. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like your movie taste changes after you see that movie. You're like, whoa. Couldn't agree more. It's incredible. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's I've... also really impressive given it's like the fourth installment of a franchise and it was directed by like a 70 Fucking... or 80 year old dude. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. For it to feel as, like, fresh and, like, yeah. revelatory as it does. Yeah. Impressive. It's just an awesome action movie. I mean, the it's it's very simple, but just the the technical aspects, the colors, the performances, it's just a thrill. Cool. That's what I'm all about, the thrills of watching movies. 
all right my number two it's the master mm. it's just one of the best movies i've ever seen in my entire life my favorite performance of the decade both of them actually joaquin phoenix i don't think there's a better scene in any movie ever than when they do i can't remember what they call it the profiling the uh, uh, towards the beginning i the just movie. watched it yeah this morning <laughs> whatever the word is for when um lancaster dodd is like trying to probe someone to get their read uh when they do that conversation where walking phoenix is just like not blinking and he's just like he slaps himself and like that whole scene is so intense and it blows and they're getting mind. fucked up on weird shit whatever like, weird moonshine like um i forgot poison. how much of a chemist they they make him out to be yeah early on like he's got like erlenmeyer flasks and stuff and he's like mixing <laughs> things but it's like battery fluid and like just poison basically stuff he gets from the rock the the bombs in in the remember that oh, early yeah, on in the, in the ship, ship? Yeah. yeah crazy it's just uh every time i watch it i find new things to pick up on it's a very dense movie mm-hmm. uh and two of the best performances of all time and really the real master we can all acknowledge is amy adams because she makes philip seymour hoffman her bitch in that movie she's just like jerking him off at the sink and telling him what he needs to do when he's just like yes yes and she's just like <laughs> clearly the real master is amy adams um just a master class what a movie that's my number two my number two is moonlight uh i've only seen it the one time i'm actually kind of really? nervous to rewatch it Partly because it's such an emotional experience <laughs> and partly because I'm worried it might come down for me. I don't I, think I it wanna, will. No, I don't think it will I want to stay up there. Uh, man, character's journey, three stages of life. They integrate together beautifully. They show a a whole person, I think. Um, it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Amazing music. Oh, yeah. The score um, is awesome. And just like emotional power all the way through yeah i toyed with the idea then it's it's floating around like 14 or 15 or something on my list mm-hmm. cool. so i'll pick uh my number two is good time yeah enough said okay <laughs> i've said enough <laughs> i've gushed about this movie plenty of times on the show it's interesting it's amazing this is just like one of the probably most rewatchable movies of the decade, in my opinion, or at well, least for me. I like, would say like one of the least rewatchable. Well, for me, at least, like I can see myself <laughs> watching this over and over, uh-huh. just because of like how entertaining and fun it is to watch. It's just, I just love the intensity of it, and yeah, <laughs> the score, our Pattinson, all of it. Love okay. it. Safety brothers are here to stay. I guess. Oh yeah. All they're doing is going. We'll see. They're going up, baby. All right. That's well, it. <laughs> my number one. I know you, it. You both know probably, right? You know. Mm, you I, already brought it up. Yeah. You, uh, you, you swapped it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you swap it for, by the way? Blade Runner. You moved Blade Runner up, and yeah. you moved. Okay. Uh, her. It's my number one. You got the Joaquin Phoenix one-two punch. Top of the decade. I mean, he's the man. 
her is beautiful. It's hilarious. It is existential and, and romantic and everything I look for in a movie. Some of the best lines of dialogue. Like, I will just think about scenes from this movie probably once a week. I'll just think about a line that a character says or I'll think about an image. And it's ever since I saw it, it hasn't left my mind. It's always just been in the background. It's everything I look for in a movie. And I absolutely adore it. I think it's the best of the decade. And I cannot fucking wait until Spike Jones makes another movie because he hasn't done one in, what, six years now? He's just doing fucking Beastie Boys documentaries and fucking commercials. And it's like, <laughs> bruh, just make another movie. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Can't wait. That's my number one. Her. Cool. No brainer. Do we know what Tom's is? Is it obvious? Let me think. Yeah. What was your number two? Uh,. My number two was uh, Moonlight? Moonlight. And you did Blade Runner already. Mm-hmm. Did you do Call Me By Your Name yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was number eight. No, it was like seven. I thought it was like four or five. Does Sarah have an influence on this pick? No. Let's, hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe when you say it. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> because of what because of what you said, Travis, like after I saw that, I was like, oh, that's an action movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what I want to see. Like, it honestly opened up the entire genre for me in a way that, like, I'd never really been into action movies before that. Um, but mo- action movies like I know, this it's don't a, come, you know, very often. And it's like, there are a lot of movies I'm sure that I love that are action movies. But yeah. just like as a genre, I never really considered it as the holy grail as a uh you know could be my best movie of the year or something like that but um man it just took me by surprise too like i went kind of just like whatever i want to see the new mad max i like tom hardy we'll see what <laughs> we'll see what's going on and then i walked out like oh my god was that uh guys like was that the best movie of the last like three years or what just <laughs> are you people with me on that uh yeah i love everything about it it's crazy pace. It's ridiculous characters. Okay. I think tonally, it's like spot on. It's exactly, exactly what I'd be looking for from a new Mad Max movie. I'm a little disappointed you didn't have the courage to put one of the John Wick movies at number one. But... <laughs> <laughs> and if I had had an obvious choice of like which John Wick it would have been, I might have put put it in there at number ten or something. So what you're saying is, Mad Max. What, what walked so that John Wick could run or something? Yeah, I don't think goes? I don't think I could have loved John Wick as much as I Without do had Max. I not discovered Mad Max Fury Road. I hope the next one's a crossover. The next Mad Max, <laughs> <laughs> dude. What if John Wick is the villain in the new Mad Max? No. What if it's a flashback to pre-apocalypse when Mad Max is still a police officer? Oh man, and he's trying to catch John Wick. Yes. <laughs> oh man. George, uh, what's your face? I hope you're Miller. listening. Miller. <laughs> hope you're listening. All right. My number one, the coolest, we all know. The we coolest all know. movie ever made, Drive. Very cool. Uh, it was, it was my number 10. Uh, I, I know people love this movie and also some people hate it. And I, a lot of people that have been making best of the decades list have like 
not put this on their list because they feel like they have matured. It's not cool to like drive anymore. Right. Which I think is lame. It's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking coolest movie ever. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing new. Like, it's just a genre movie and the the plot has been done a million times before, but the way it's done is amazing. Ryan Gosling is just a delight. On I'm pretty screen. sure uh, people were like, oh yeah, bomber jackets. Those things are fucking fly when this movie came out. I'd forgotten about them. And now they're the coolest jacket around. That's so. right. Especially if they have a scorpion on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love the soundtrack. Um, I don't know if I've said it before, but to me, this is like the Grand Theft Auto of the movie. And I love Grand Theft Auto. It's like my favorite video game franchise. Um, yeah, it's just a cool movie. I could watch it anytime. Um, I think it's the music that makes it. It wouldn't be the same without without the music. Uh, this was our introduction to uh, Oscar Isaac. This is kind of what... Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I think it I was. I didn't even recognize... I mean, when I first saw the movie, he was just some guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It wasn't until later. He had maybe like, been in like oh, one or two other things, but this is where he really like got discovered. And since then, he's just been like, you know. I mean, rightfully so. Oscar Isaac's the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Love it. It's my favorite. Killing of a Sacred Deer <laughs> bumped it from my list. Mm. I will say this is my favorite example of style over substance. Like, a lot of the time I use that in, like, a derogatory way. Like, this movie is all style, no substance. Like, Neon Demon, I think, is a garbage movie, mostly because it's style over substance in a bad way. This movie is the best example of, is there much substance to the movie? No. Could you write your dissertation on Drive? I mean, maybe. I guess it depends on the angle you take. But, like, yeah, this, like, you said it best. It's the coolest fucking movie mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, I just I love all the like the performances too. Like Brian Cranston's great in it. Um, Albert Brooks is awesome as the villain, and you don't usually get to see him in a role like that. Um, I will say I'm not a huge fan of the love story aspect of it. Like there's a scene where they're in his in Carrie uh, Mulligan's apartment, and they're just like quiet, like looking at each other. And yeah, some of the scenes are kind of awkward, but I don't know. I I don't really that stuff doesn't really bother me just because I'm so caught up in just the the style of the movie that i just don't care <laughs> yeah definitely the best soundtrack of the decade though oh yeah i mean not only is it the best soundtrack but like these are songs that like are still in my rotation like night call you heard it in this episode you got a real hero i think night call will forever be the best driving at night alone song <laughs> you can play for all of time it's also just the best like the opening credits of the movie it's just the best one because of that song but like the pink font yeah oh yeah the, the miami font the hell mm-hmm. yeah the helicopter shots and of the, the city Clippers game oh yeah oh, oh yeah that opening NBA scene is in awesome. a movie Woo. it's almost just like <laughs> a, a short film in itself but like that whole chase is awesome yeah mm. so good all right so only one horror movie made it onto our top tens. Suspiria? Yeah. Hey, Killing of a Sacred Deer is kind of a no, horror movie. No, it's not a horror. I mean, not it's, really. But... It's a Yorgos. <laughs> I was very close to putting a Yorgos movie on the list. What would it have been? It would have been... Dogtooth? Well, that one's weird because it's like border 2009, 2010. 
Uh, that might be my favorite of his, but it's definitely like one of the least fun ones to watch <laughs> just because it's kind of gross and pretty weird. I mean, all of his movies are really weird, but um, it just, you know, you don't really get the hankering to watch Dog too. <laughs> right. You might be like, oh, I just want to watch The Lobster. Yeah. I want to see The Favorite again. No one's like, oh, man, I gotta, I can't wait to rewatch Dog I, I gotta Dog see dude. it for the first time. I've been wanting to watch it. Uh, but it would have been The Favorite. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just because, for me, that's the most entertaining of his. Yeah, but it's also... His stamp is on it, but it doesn't really... It's the least Yorgos, probably. Is that what you're trying to say? Or... Yeah, but not <laughs> not so much in the way that it like looks and feels. I guess it's just because just it's not as horrific and awkward yeah. as his other films. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well... That was our best of the decade countdown. Hope you enjoyed it. Probably not a ton of surprises, but you know, check her out. If there are some movies you haven't seen, cue them up. Don't sleep on them like I have with burning for the past two years. <laughs> uh, what's next? What's coming out? Obviously, obviously Sonic the Hedgehog. We got to see it. Mm, no featured review. Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog. No, uh, Valentine's day. There's a bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, Mostly, so there's Fantasy Island, Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, which I hate. I hate that it's like feature prominently. Fantasy Island. Have I even seen a trailer for that? <laughs> what are you asking me for? I don't know. It's uh, about like these people who go to this island to like live out their dreams, but it's like you don't know what your dream. Like it's like a, a dark spin on manipulating people's fantasies and stuff. Hmm. It seems fun. I think Haley and I plan on doing that on Valentine's Day. Uh, Downhill, the Force Majeure remake oh, yeah. with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. The Photograph with Lakeith Stanfield and I think Issa Rae is the other one. Yeah. That looks like it might be good, but it's a rom-com. Um, it's February, so I don't really know. Lakeith we'll is a rom-com lead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about time. Interesting. He's so versatile. He is very versatile, but I just, you know, it seems like something he wouldn't go for. Yeah, I mean, you gotta cash that paycheck. You know what I'm saying, Matt, I'm surprised you haven't watched the uh, T Swift doc on Netflix. Why? It seems right up your alley. You love Netflix docs and you love uh, pop music, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't love T Swift though. Oh. If it was like, <laughs> if it was a, uh, I don't know. Carly Rae Jepsen doc. Hell yeah. <laughs> T-Swift? Super no. interesting. <laughs> T-Swift? Don't care. I'll, I'll probably watch it. It kind of seems like a little bit of a fluff piece, but... Yeah, I've heard it doesn't really go in as hard as you'd want it to on certain well, topics. Well, because it tries to emphasize, like, oh, I didn't want to I didn't want to express my political views for so long because someone told me not to. It's like, so what you're saying is you are the prime example of white privilege is what you're saying taylor swift because <laughs> that's the whole thing she maybe she could have made a difference and she didn't because she was too afraid of upsetting her fans it's like fuck you you rich bitch like <laughs> get out of here i don't care what you have to say about politics maybe your swifties or whatever they fuck they call themselves <laughs> like it but <laughs> white privilege the movie remember right Great so movie. we'll see we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see there'll be uh there'll be something Something we'll watch. But, yeah. Uh, to be determined. Uh, 
I know we gave our Oscar predictions, but outside of that, what are you guys, what's the one thing you hope happens tonight more than anything? What's the one award, the one category, not necessarily that you think will happen, but the one that would make you the happiest? What 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 win would do it for you? Once upon a time, winning best picture. That's the one that would kill. <laughs> I predicted that. <laughs> I think I did too. I don't remember. I printed out a ballot. I don't know if you guys did. I, but. Well, yeah, I guess I just hope. I mean, this might be cheating by answering this way, but I hope QT wins one of the big awards, like best director, best screenplay, or best picture. Oh, I didn't say this, but I did rewatch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I saw. Mm. It went up a half star. That's it. So, it's still boring this is a future grower <laughs> i don't i can't imagine it going any higher than it already has i liked it a little bit more but it's just i don't find it that interesting people are, oh it's the best buddy hangout movie ever and it's like they barely fucking hang out brad pitt and leo spend very little time together in the movie I, when they mm. are together i think it's interesting but just I don't I don't want to watch Leo DiCaprio act like movie within a movie for twenty minutes. Like I don't care. Whatever, I just don't man. find it interesting. Whatever. Also, it's like the golden age of Hollywood. Like that happened fucking thirty years before we were born. Like what? Oh, it romanticizes the golden age of Hollywood. It's like you were in fucking L.A. in 1969. What do you care? It's no nostalgia. Like that's not necessarily about nostalgia. It's like a time capsule movie. Yeah, but we get to experience that era through cutie's eyes but we don't we have no we don't know what it was like my parents know they were there but we can at least you sound downright un-american yeah we can at least enjoy it right (laughs) um it's a good movie but one of cutie's weaker i still think it'll win some awards tonight but i don't know i don't think i feel that strongly about anything that's nominated would you be happy if parasite wins stuff yeah but like not over the moon. I think I'm more curious or interested about all the in-between stuff, the speeches, the jokes, there's no host again. So like, how does that go? What do people look like? That kind of thing. Even though Joaquin is the one I want to win the least for best actor. I want to see his speech. He's been given good speeches. Been enjoying he's him. So awkward. Yeah. Poor guy. You can tell he does not want to be up on that stage. He's and he's just very like, weird. I'm going to use this time to say something important, but God, I don't want to fucking <laughs> be here. He's like so anxious. Like, feel bad for the guy. Oh, and everyone watch Adam Sandler's Independent Spirit Awards acceptance speech because mm. it is good. He does a he does a voice like a it's almost is it like, actually good or is it like cringy good? No, it's funny. Okay, it's a, it's like a four minute long speech and he's kind of doing like a Bobby Boucher type accent through the whole thing. Oh god, I it's, gotta watch. This. It's funny. <laughs> it's really good. Um, okay, that's gonna do it. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some reviews that are still to be determined. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks. Peace out.